Laetare, the fourth Sunday in Lent. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, your mercies are new every morning, and though we deserve only punishment, you receive us as your children and provide for all our needs of body and soul. Grant that we may heartily acknowledge your merciful goodness, give thanks for all your benefits, and serve you in willing obedience. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for Laetare is from the book of the Exodus, the 16th chapter. Then the whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said to them, Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the pots of meat, and when we ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day, that I may test them, whether they will walk in my law or not. And it shall be on the sixth day that they shall prepare what they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. Then Moses and Aaron said to all the children of Israel, At evening you shall know that the Lord has brought you out of the land of Egypt, and in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, for he hears your complaints against the Lord. But what are we that you complain against us? Also Moses said, This shall be seen when the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening, and in the morning bread to the full. For the Lord hears your complaints which you make against him. And what are we? Your complaints are not against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses spoke to Aaron, Say to all the congregation of the children of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for he has heard your complaints. Now it came to pass, as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the children of Israel, that they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, I have heard the complaints of the children of Israel. Speak to them, saying, At twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God. So it was that quail came up at evening and covered the camp, and in the morning the dew lay all around the camp. And when the layer of dew lifted, there on the surface of the wilderness was a small round substance as fine as frost on the ground. So when the children of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, this is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. This is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Let every man gather it according to each one's need, one omer for each person according to the number of persons. Let every man take for those who are in his tent.
Then the children of Israel did so and gathered, some more, some less. So when they measured it by omers, he who gathered much had nothing left over, and he who gathered little had no lack. Every man had gathered according to each one's need. And Moses said, Let no one leave any of it till morning. Notwithstanding, they did not heed Moses, but some of them left part of it until morning, and it bred worms and stank. And Moses was angry with them. So they gathered it every morning, every man according to his need. And when the sun became hot, it melted. This is the word of the Lord. I was glad when they said to me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. Peace be within your walls, prosperity within your palaces. The epistle is from St. Paul's letter to the Galatians, the fourth chapter. Tell me, you who desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondwoman, the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born according to the flesh, and he of the free woman through promise, which things are symbolic. For these are the two covenants, the one from Mount Sinai, which gives birth to bondage, which is Hagar, for this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to Jerusalem, which now is and is in bondage with her children. But the Jerusalem above is free, which is the mother of us all. For it is written, Rejoice, O barren, you who do not bear. Break forth and shout, you who are not in labor. For the desolate has many more children than she who has a husband. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are children of promise. But as he who was born according to the flesh then persecuted him who was born according to the Spirit, even so it is now. Nevertheless, what does the Scripture say? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the sixth chapter. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed him, because they saw his signs which he performed on those who were diseased. And Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? 
Then Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was so much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about five thousand. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, so that nothing is lost. Therefore they gathered them up, and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which were left over by those who had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, This is truly the prophet who is to come into the world. Therefore, when Jesus perceived that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he departed again to the mountain by himself alone. This is the gospel of the Lord. We confess our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the Scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spake by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church, I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Jesus, priceless treasure, fount of purest pleasure, Truest friend to me, ah, how long in anguish shall my spirit languish, yearning, Lord, for thee? Thou art mine, O Lamb divine, I will suffer not to hide thee, not I ask beside thee. In thine arms I rest me, 
Those who would molest me cannot reach me here, though the earth be shaking, every heart be quaking, Jesus calms my fear. Lightnings flash and thunders crash, yet though sin and hell assail me, Jesus will not fail me. Satan, I defy thee, death I now decry thee, fear I bid thee cease, world thou shalt not harm me, nor my thy threats alarm me, while I sing of peace. God's great power guards every hour, earth and all its depths adore him, silent bow before him. Hence all earthly treasure, Jesus is my pleasure, Jesus is my choice. Hence all empty glory, not to me thy story, told with tempting voice. Pain or loss or shame or cross shall not from my Saviour move me, since he deigns to love me. Evil world, I leave thee, thou canst not deceive me, thine appeal is vain. Sin that once did blind me, get thee far behind me, Come not forth again. Past thy hour, O pride and power, sinful life, thy bonds I sever. Leave me now forever. Hence all fear and sadness for the Lord of gladness. Jesus enters in. Those who love the Father, though the storms may gather, still have peace within. 
Nay, whate'er I here must bear, Thou art still my purest pleasure, Jesus' priceless treasure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Then Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down, in number about five thousand. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to his disciples, and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, so that nothing is lost. Therefore they gathered them up, and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which were left over by those who had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, This is truly the prophet who is to come into the world. This is the word of the Lord. Jesus did many signs and wonders. Indeed, St. John records that he performed so many that if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Each evangelist, guided and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, has his method and his intent and his audience. Therefore, each evangelist records different miracles of Jesus. But this miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 is unique among those recorded, for it is the only miracle that is recorded by all four evangelists. This should tell you something about its importance, not that other miracles are less so, but that this particular miracle is more so. This miracle is sacramental. It points to the Eucharist and it prefigures it. It proclaims that spiritual eating and drinking that Christ institutes in the upper room and effects upon the cross. Manna was the food of heaven for those bound by the law. As the law brings death to the transgressor, so too does the food of the law, bread, only stave off death temporarily, even when that bread is the manna of heaven. The sinner eats the food of the law and still dies. There is a new food on this mount. Manna was some bread come down from heaven, but upon this mount the bread of heaven now stands. His miraculous feeding speaks of his divinity, for who else but God can multiply loaves and fishes? And the miracle itself speaks of the sacrament he will give to his people, the food of grace and life, the food of immortality. To be children of Abraham is not to be children of the law. Those who claim Abraham as their father appeal to lineage. These may indeed be children of Abraham, but if so, it is by Hagar, children of the law. But you children are to be as Isaac was, children of the promise, children of the bread of life from heaven, children of the flesh of God. 
Jesus is an amusing man. He asks Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? St. John records that Jesus already knew what he would do, but he asks this question of his disciples that they too would learn by the miracle to trust in him, as the crowd certainly would. Like any reasonable group of people, the disciples doubt that a massive crowd will be satisfied by sharing five loaves of bread and two small fish. Who can blame them? They are not omniscient. How can they foresee what Jesus will do? They are disciples, after all, which means that their task is to follow and to learn. This is a teaching moment, though not for the disciples only. This is a moment that continues to give because you are both the crowd and those disciples, witnessing, learning, and yourselves being satisfied. The satisfaction is important. Jesus does not provide enough food for survival. He does not ration the food. He gives abundantly. For those with the ears to hear his parables, this is how you would expect Jesus to give, charitably, lovingly, abundantly, and recklessly. The satisfaction is proclaimed first, not by full bellies, but by the number of the loaves and the fish. Five barley loaves, representing the books of the Pentateuch, that is, the law, as from the works of the law is life given, so too in the eating of loaves is life sustained. Two fishes, representing the preaching of the prophets and the preaching of St. John the baptizer, the prophets nourished and refreshed by pointing to Christ and preparing his disciples for him. Likewise, those who follow Christ are little fishes themselves, unable to live apart from the water of Christ flowing forth in baptismal rivulets from his cloven side. Five barley loaves and two fish, the law and the prophets. The number is not five and two, but seven total, as an indivisible whole, the fullness of the word of God. Seven is the number of God's completion. Seven is the number of God's satisfaction. Seven is the number of God's Sabbath rest, known only in Christ. Here Christ is, the person of Sabbath rest, the person of completion. It is finished, the person of the Word, and the Word became flesh. The satisfaction of the hungry crowd is derived from eating of the satisfactory number provided by the satisfactory man who is the satisfactory Son of God made flesh to bring satisfaction to the law. This meal is a foretaste of the meal and the effect of the meal that Christ later institutes in the upper room. This meal on the mountain is sacramental for it points to the sacrament and explains what it is and what it will do. This mountain meal also provides insight into how the Eucharist works, how it brings satisfaction. Through the satisfaction of atoning body and blood upon the altar of sacrifice, which according to Levitical law was then to be consumed.
satisfaction and completion, both on the part of Christ, who offers the meal, and on the part of those who partake of it. This meal provides satisfaction in full, completion, the divine seven. What then does it mean when the Lord tells you to remember the Sabbath day? Not that you should be little Ishmaels bound by the law and legalistically refraining from all work, but instead that you would be little Isaacs and gladly submit to God, receiving what he offers in grace. We are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. You are not to fear the Sabbath, but to yearn for it. Why? Because every Sabbath day is to sit at the Lord's table and eat the meal that he prepares and serves. Every Sabbath day is a return to that mount. Most importantly, it is to be satisfied. Jesus wishes that you, in the gospel, would heed the Sabbath day because he has compassion on you and wishes to satisfy you. That is, after all, what the Christ comes to do. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent empty away. You, like the disciples and like the crowd, are on a journey. You are on the way. You go where Jesus goes, and that means you are following him to the cross. But you must stop and eat, else you grow faint with hunger and die. Jesus does not wish for that. He wishes to provide for you, to feed you to divine completion, to satisfy you. This meal is food for the way, sustenance in your life of faith. This meal satisfies as it is itself satisfaction. Five thousand are fed on the mountain in a sacramental, eucharistic sign of divine completion. They hungered and were satisfied, not in bellies only, but in hearts and souls as well. The crowds that eat and that welcome Christ into Jerusalem, however, so quickly turn on him. How quickly even his disciples flee. Yet in the light of the crucifixion and resurrection, this mountain meal begins to make more sense. Five thousand are fed and covered in the blood of Christ, and glowing in the light of the resurrection, the saints of God are satisfied. Many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to be about five thousand. Come to the table, children. Eat your supper. Receive your rest. Be satisfied and be nourished for the long way through this veil of tears toward your own death and resurrection in Christ. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Amen. Let us pray for the whole Church of God and our Lord Christ Jesus, and for all people according to their needs. For the Holy Catholic Church throughout the world, that it may maintain a counterculture amidst the culture in the Holy Word of God 
and the unsullied teachings of the blessed apostles. Let us pray to the Lord. That the Lord who sent out his apostles would continue to bless his apostolic office for the blessings of strength, endurance, perseverance, courage, and steadfastness to be given to all bishops, pastors, chaplains of the armed forces, and missionaries, both domestic and abroad. Let us pray to the Lord. For all Christian peoples, for strength of confession, resolve of will, rigidity of faith, and purity of life, for true penitence amidst the great Lenten fast, for Christian households as sacred refuge from the world, for all Christian marriages as icons of divine love, and for Christian youth, both young and old, that they would remain firmly grounded upon the rock of their faith's foundation and not be swept away by the current of the age. Let us pray to the Lord. For the nations of the world, especially the nations of the United States of America, Russia, and Ukraine, for their people and for their rulers, for upstanding leaders of good character and wisdom, for peace and concord, for an end to violence, warfare, and strife, for the destruction of evil and evil intent and the rule of love, for the preservation of justice and the defense of the innocent, and for prosperity to abound among all nations, let us pray to the Lord. That the God to whom creation bows would grant unto the world deliverance from all error, relief from famine, protection from natural disaster, and freedom to all in captivity, especially those who suffer for his most holy name. And that God would send forth his holy angels to guard us in every endeavor, let us pray to the Lord. For the Father's unfailing mercy upon those in anguish, those suffering with depression, those broken in heart and spirit, those struggling with addiction, those who fear, those who suffer, the unemployed, the destitute, and all the needy of this world, let us pray to the Lord. For the cross of Christ to be the glory of man, that the people of God would bear their crosses and follow their Lord down the Via Dolorosa to the Mount of Sacrifice. For all poor miserable sinners, especially the apostate and the pagan, that they may be made white in the blood of God and be made heirs to salvation and life everlasting, let us pray to the Lord. For the healing of the great physician upon all the infirmities of man, granting an end to disease and health to the sick, especially our brethren Sherry, Jim, Pam, Kenzie, Jeremy, Dick, and Ron, Luann, Richard, Shelley, and Michael. For peace to the dying, especially to Reggie and Carol Jean, for comfort to the bereaved, especially the family of Nadine, and for everlasting peace to all servants and handmaidens who now rest in Christ, let us pray to the Lord. Lord Jesus Christ, you are truly the Son of the living God. Have mercy upon us, we pray, that guided and defended by your mighty arm, we may be delivered from all demons, idols, perversions, and wickedness. 
Though we have deserved the wrath of the Father, we pray you to take away our sins and to look upon them no longer. Preserve us from all error, from all strife, from all sin, and from sudden and evil death. Grant unto us true faith, that in our wilderness of sin we may find aid and succor in you, the only word made flesh that proceeds from the mouth of the Father, the true bread of life that comes down from heaven. May we in humility and love find at your cross the mercy seat of God's altar and in your flesh and blood the source of all our life and living. Even as you now reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.